Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Bienvenido and welcome to the greatest podcast you're ever going to listen to. Maybe not, but anyways, thanks for joining me. Really do appreciate it. Wanted to ask you a question straight off the bat. No fucking around today. No small talk. Let's get down to the cock and balls. The big fat juicy uh, testicles. Sorry, I'm already talking dirty. Only 20 seconds in. But is anyone out there on Twitch? How do you see the future of Twitch going? Is this a this is a big thing, is it? Or is it YouTube? Are they going to be the two titans of the future that are going to be fighting amongst each other? Looking for the attention of the general public. I'm thinking about getting onto Twitch myself. That's the way I think I'm going. It's a bit of a toss-up between YouTube and Twitch. But from what I've been hearing, Twitch is truly dedicated to gaming. And also at the end of a stream, you can upload it or cut it into chunks. And then upload that stuff to YouTube and whatnot. And if you want Twitch as we speak, there's people from around the world streaming all sorts of different shite. From playing computer games to real life situations there's people getting paid four grand a month to eat spaghetti on twitch can you get over that can you what i don't understand is how can someone be eating spaghetti on twitch just gobbling it into their mouth and they got people paying them loads of money to do this and then if you went back two generations ago in somewhere like ireland where our grandfathers would have and, and grandmothers would have been working outside in the field for fucking tuppence a day how has the world got to this level? I don't get it. There's a fella, and I tell everyone this. There's a fella on OnlyFans there. And he's getting paid 60 grand a month. Yes, he's a handsome fucker. Yes, he's from Bray. But that doesn't mean he deserves 60 grand a month on OnlyFans. I was tempted. I was very tempted. But then I've got to explain to my family, what am I doing on OnlyFans? Why am I showing off my testicles and my penis and my bum hole on there? Why am I doing all these things on there? I might be able to have a nice car and a nice house. But I probably won't be invited to Christmas dinner ever again. Probably mother won't ever call me again. So it's a toss up between the two. But I'll tell you one thing. I'll take the mother. I'll take the mother over money any day, says you. How do you see the future of social media? I think the way it's going to go is 100% live streaming every day. Every second of the day. People are going to be streaming their lives. It's just the way it's going to go. There's so many cameras out there now. That it's inevitable. There's no getting away from it. I wanted to talk about some of the pros and cons of that. Now, the pros of people streaming and all this other stuff is nature will fix itself. There'll be a lot more animals in the wild because people will be inside. So many people inside now playing computer games, they're not going outside anymore. So nature is going to be like, fucking this is brilliant. There's no one outside throwing rubbish. No one feeding chips to the pigeons. There's no one driving big trucks down the road, just two metres down the road to get a pint of milk. So nature's be like nature's already prosperous or prospering. Is that even a word? I don't know. It's already replenishing, you could say, thanks to this COVID crack. The con, of course, is that most people will spend their time indoors. Therefore, we won't see as much as each other as we once would have. Again, going back to the days of our great great grandfathers and even even our fathers or even I remember a time where I'd go up to the neighbour's house and she'd have the front door of the house open and you'd walk in and you'd have a look around you'd be like how are you doing I'm here for a tea and a couple of biscuits 
And she came in there when she wouldn't even come in with a cup of tea. She came in with a fucking pot of tea. Pots of tea. And trays and buckets of biscuits. Sit down there. You could be there for days chatting. The way they used to do as well, if there was a nice day, they'd stand outside at a wall and they'd chat for fucking days. That's going to be gone now. Another pro is less people in the cities. So one of the most annoying things about the cities is that if you want to go to the ATM machine, you've got to stand beside another three, stand behind another three or four fuckers and they're all queuing up and everyone's looking at each other going, are you going to rob me? Are you, you're not going to rob me, eh? Are you going to look at my pen? And everyone's a bit paranoid. So there's queues, there's queues for everything. Queues for pennies, there's queues for, you want to go into town and buy yourself a pair of socks or a pair of shoes. You're queuing up for something. You're queuing to get on the bus. You're queuing to get on the subway. Oh, don't start me on subways. I'm happy there's no subway in Ireland. I'm talking about the underground tunnel. The danger tunnel, I'd call it. Because a lot of dangerous people hanging out down there. I don't like the subway. It's full of creeps. And uh, I'm happy there's none in Ireland, but there's, there's too much tension in them subways. I think people are online streaming. They won't have to go to work anymore. So there'll be no one on the subways. Only the driver and a couple of lads in the back. Um, you'll, you'll see less people face to face, as I said. That's a con. Again, that's annoying because we need interaction with each other. We need to see each other. That's been proven now more than ever during lockdown. Something that maybe we overlooked. But in the city, even if someone's in top of you and you're in a pub and it's busy or you know, you're in a shop and it's a Friday, you don't really care because it's nice to see other people's faces. You don't feel so alone then. You know, you see someone on a Friday walking down the street and you're like, how are you doing? Where are you after? And like, I'm just going downtown for a bit of food then going for a couple of pints. Brilliant, can I join you? No, you can't. Okay, well, I'm glad I've asked anyway. Um, virtual reality will be extremely interactive. Suffice to say, there'll be lads with headsets on and those touch gloves and Google goggles and they won't know if they're coming or going. They'll be in the house, in the box room, but they'll be in a whole different world. They won't know where they are because it'll be so, it'll be so futuristic to the point where they won't know which is reality and which is not. A con of the whole situation, this is the final con, I think. Privacy won't be a thing. There'll be no more privacy. Nothing will be kept secretive because if you're streaming all the time, you've got all this footage of yourself on the internet, 24 hour streams, whatever. So there's all this footage floating around you. There's cameras everywhere. There's a camera on your laptop, there's two in your, three in your phone maybe. So there's no more privacy anymore. There's all this information between Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch. No one, no one can hide anymore. Unless of course you're completely off the grid, which is, could be a way to go. But then that's a whole different ball game too, because all of the, well, most of the financial shit is moving to the virtual world. So if you're off the grid, you're going to have to learn how to grow your own vegetables, which is nice. And you're going to have to learn how to get the rainwater and you're going to have to learn how to build a house that the fucking tax man can't get near. Which would be nice. I was reading a book, I forget the name of it now, but it's by a fella called Mark Boyle. And he was living off one of the islands there in uh, County Kerry. There's a few, I think it's called the Blasket Island or something like that, where they film Star Trek or... Star Wars. And uh, he lived off the grid there for about a year or two years. And the more you read it, the more you think, Jesus Christ, it looks like a nice life indeed. He's got 
no electricity, no phones, no emails, no car, none, none of that. So he was building a footpath at one point and he said it would have taken him normally probably half a day in a tractor, but it took him two weeks to build it himself by hand. The neighbour helped him. The neighbour sounds like one of those old stock lads who, you know that kind of fella you'd see climbing, climbing a mountain in a pair of jeans and they're a dying breed unfortunately. But that's the only way you're going to have to go. And even then if you go off the grid completely, the way things are going now as well, the government, they're taxing everything. They're coming in there now with a noose and they're taxing everything. Anyways, virtual reality. Think about the kind of computers that we played only 30 years ago. The Commodore 64 was released in 1982, 38 years ago. It's hard to believe that the Commodore 64 was in the 80s. If anyone has played the Commodore 64, or is not familiar with the Commodore 64, I should say, it was shite. At the time, it seemed like it was God's gift, but looking back, you're like, Jesus Christ, how did I manage? You had games such as Bubble Bobble, which is a platform game, and what you'd have to do is you'd be climbing these levels, little like platforms, and you'd put your enemy into a bubble, and then you'd run up the steps sort of thing. And that was pretty much it. And um, let's see what else you had. You had Whizball, which is a shooting game. You had Stunned Car Racer. You had Rainbow Island. You had Space Taxi. Does anyone out there remember the game Space Taxi? Yes, it was as shite as it sounds. It was basically a flying taxi controlled by jets. And um, what you do is you'd have to collect someone and they'd say to you, head over to that platform. And then you'd head over to the platform and then he'd get out or something, something along those lines. And then you'd move on to the next bit. But there was also white balls coming towards you to try to kill you. Um, if, if you've never played it, don't even bother looking it up on Google because it'd make you sick. Horrible graphics. And I suppose, isn't it crazy to think that we've gone from those terrible computers to simulation realities in worlds as vast as our very own imagination. Handsets, goggles, gloves. Gloves, there's these new gloves that they're bringing out now and uh, it's got this haptic technology. I don't know what exactly it's all about, but basically you put on these gloves and it gives you the feeling of texture on different things. So if you like have the goggles on and everything else, you touch something. It gives you the texture of that actual thing. So basically you can very much live within this virtual world. That's how interactive it's going to be. I'd love to be able to live in a world like uh, The Walking Dead. Not full time, just maybe two hours a day where I could just put on the goggles and go around and just start slashing people's heads off. Really do a number on people. Scary enough at the same time. But if we keep going with technology, imagine what it's going to be looking like in 100 years from now. Please God, we're still here. I mean, humanity. Please God, we're still here. But it'll be impossible to distinguish between the virtual and the real world. That's what's going to happen. So maybe, just maybe, we are already in someone else's computer game. Now, I um, got a lot of people asking me about the old hair restoration. People were saying to me, Jeez, fucking, where'd you get the hair from, you cud? And I said in a previous podcast that I'd gone over to Turkey to get the old fucking mop looked at. So um, for those of you that missed that podcast, I went over to Turkey to get the mop looked at. Istanbul, to be to be exact. Went there for 10 days. And uh, to be honest, I was just sick of going bald. So I decided, you know what? Let's stick a bit of hair on the top of my fucking head. And um, as again, that's just the way life has gone now. People are more vain. 
hate to say it. That's why I can't even I can't even talk about the Kardashians anymore. You know, the way they're massive into their surgery. I've got, I've got fucking hair restoration, so I can't say anything anymore. But I was just sick of going bald and uh, jealous of people like Ryan Goslin, the likes of Liam Neeson, who's old enough to be my father, but he's got better hair than me, the cunt. I know Liam Neeson's a lovely fella and he deserves every fucking blade of hair he's got left. But I decided to go over to Istanbul anyways. I knew, I knew a few people that had went over already previous to that time, so their hair was looking very well. Now, these people had gone from not to 60 hair-wise. They had no hair at all, and now they were walking around town with a fucking mullet. So I thought, I want a piece of that. And I uh, went over to Istanbul. It cost me 2,000... I think it was 2,500 it cost me. The whole setup in there is top-level stuff. You feel like you're walking around in space. If the procedure is a bit painful, they extract hairs out the back of your head, and they keep them in a dish and some fluid. And they're sitting there, and then you, they bring you into a waiting room, and there's a load of other lads there. And um, everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's kind of like, yeah, I succumbed to the old hair restoration. People are kind of like, ooh, should I have done it? And people are, some people are a bit embarrassed. Some people are a bit like, oh, fuck it. You only live once. At the end of the day, sure, we're all on this planet for a short amount of time. We may as well do whatever makes us happy. And again, it's everything in moderation, you know. But, um, and some people can pull it off. You see, I couldn't pull it off because I have a head like an old sweet potato. So I wouldn't get away with going bald anyways. I was talking to this fella, by the way, in the reception area. He was a Muslim fella from England. And he was telling me, when I, he heard I was Irish, he was like, oh, McGregor's fighting Khabib soon. And that's inevitably what all lads talk about is fighting. So I was like, yeah, he is, yeah. Who do you reckon's going to win that? And there's the two of us with, with patches around our head. And they put a bandage around your head as well, so it's not the most regular conversation you'll ever have. But he was like, oh, I think uh, Khabib's going to win that one. He's fairly tough. And I was like, oh, do you now? And no, that never happened. But I kind of said, yeah, it's hard to know. It's hard to know who's going to win it. But I was just thinking, I want to get this fucking hair done. Anyways, for some reason, they keep you sitting there in the reception area for a while. And then they bring you upstairs. There's loads of rooms upstairs in, in the particular place that I went to. If you want to know the name of the place, I'll happily send it to you. No problem at all. I had, I've had lots of people asking me about this. I fucking should have asked your man for commission when I was over there. But um, it, there's loads of people going in and out. I was shocked at how many people were walking in and out the doors of this place. There was a, fellas from all over. There was one lad that came in with his parents. He was a tall Dutch fella. And he was in there with his parents. And poor lad looked so shy and, and nervous about the whole situation. But uh, he got everything done up then anyways. And a couple of hours later when he came out, he was looking happy as Larry. But something they, that did freak me out was there was this Turkish fella that was in there, right? And he had... He found out I was from Ireland and he goes, oh, I have red hair too. And I was like, oh, you do? Yeah. And he had this kind of real thick red hair. And um, he was in charge of coming to reception and pointing to the lads where they should go. He'd be like, now you go over to this room because they have to take pictures of your head and they have to take, they have to draw a line and all this other stuff on your head to see where they're going to put the, the hair and all the other shite. So he was kind of like, he, he kept coming over to me going, I love Ireland, Bono. And I love uh, U2 and I love Cranberries and everything like that. And I was thinking to myself, mm, this fella's a sound skin. I'll stick around with him because he was making me feel calm. And he said, oh, I want to move to Ireland. I've seen all the movies. It looks such beautiful green place. I'm from a place in North Turkey that's very similar. And he started showing me pictures on his phone. I was like, maybe, maybe this lad fancies me. I just come in to get the hair done. But I kept chatting away to him anyways. And anyways, 
the one thing that I didn't like was that when I was heading out, well, right after I'd got the procedure done and everything sewn up, um, he was like, do you want to buy these uh, shampoos? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Do I want them? He sell, He basically sells you shampoo, conditioner and loads of zinc and biotin and all the other shit that goes with it. That stuff is good for the hair, but you don't really need to be taking it all the time either. Like it, it'll probably help your hair a small bit, but not too much. You're as well off getting it from food. But um, I said to him at the end, I was like, I, I just, I'll take, I'll take two weeks worth. So, so I guilted into it. Took two weeks worth. He was trying to sell me three month, three months worth of fucking shampoos and everything. So he was pissed off, anyways, when I, uh, when I didn't buy the three months off him. He soon stopped talking about Ireland then, but. Everyone else in there was 100%. So, anyways, one piece of advice I will give you if you're heading over. Get two weeks off. Bring yourself a neck pillow, memory foam. Because for the first four nights, I believe, you have to sleep upright in the bed. And me being a tight fucker, before I went over, I bought a neck pillow. I think it was from Pennies. And it was one of those plastic ones that keeps losing air. So every night I woke up, and I was having the worst sleeps in the world. So I was just, my, my, I was just, it's just frustrating. It's already frustrating because you're in a bit of pain. And there's no need to worry about when you go over there either because everyone's got shit done. No wonder the Turkish people have such lovely hair. Everyone's got something done. They've got those people walking around with the bandages on their nose. Those people walking around with the, the hair restoration. There's loads of those hair restoration places over there. Now, I don't know if they're all safe. I don't know if they're all qualified, but the one I went to, in fairness to them, they were good. And um, they put you up in a nice hotel as well for three nights. I paid for an extra few nights as well. And it's very cheap compared to the Irish hotels. This was like a, oh, it must have been a four or five star hotel, but the, the lovely place. And they don't mind you when you walk through reception and you're wearing the bandage around your head. And, um, you know, they don't really care too much. Like they're well used to seeing it. But then... You're in your room then for a few days and it's kind of, you get a bit of cabin fever. And I remember there was, I used to order food to the room, like omelettes or whatever. And uh, your man kept coming up the room. And the first time he came up the room, I said, I just had to say to him, I was like, I'm after getting the hair done. Because I had a feckin', as I said, bandage around my head. And he goes, oh, no problem, no problem, no problem. And he brought in the food for me and left it down there. And anyways, between the jigs and the reels, I was there for about eight to ten days. And uh, came home then again. And then two weeks later, then, sure, you can kind of wear normal hats and no one knows any different. Now, Mother's Day is around the corner, 14th of this month, Sunday coming. Please do not forget it. It's one of the most important days of the year because the mother is, is the glue of the family. Not to say that you have to be a mother in life. I don't think that that should be the case at all. But we all know that our mothers are great women. And they're fine women and they're the glue of the family. And without them, we'd be lost. So please don't forget to get your mother a lovely present this Sunday, the 14th. It's a big day for flowers. It's a big day for phone calls. It's a big day for gifts. Go on. Why don't you give her a call? Hello? Ma'am? Hello? Ma'am? How are you doing, Abby? Hey, ma'am, how are you doing? Good, what do you want? Nothing, no, no, I just wanted to wish you a happy Mother's Day. 
All right, when is that? This Sunday. All oh, right, right. What did you get me? No, I didn't get you anything. You don't really get presents for people on Mother's Day. I just wanted to wish you a happy, ber- happy Mother's Day. Right, all right, right. Would you, would you get me something? Um, I go on, give me something. I, get you something? I don't I really on. want to. Oh, all right. Why wouldn't you get me something uh, after all the things I've done for you? It's just I don't... It's just everything's closed, ma'am. You can buy it on, online. I go on. I know, but um, I just wanted to kind of make it more personal by... You can make it personal by buying me something. Something that I want. I know, ma'am, but like... No. What? Just... I just want to say I love you. And that's enough. I want money. No. No what? I'm not giving you money. Why not? Because it's not about that. What? It's about love. Connection. Well, I can't go into Tesco and tell them I want to pay with love and connection, can I? Right, how much? How much do you want? I have a hundred euro. What? A hundred euro for Mother's Day? Well, fuck me. I've given you plenty over the years. Look. You don't have to give it to me if you don't want to. That's fine. I won't forget this. Okay. Okay. Will you give it to me in cash? Fuck. Why, why cash? Because I won't have to pay tax on it. Look, don't do it if you don't want to do it. There's no pressure. Right? Right. I'll have a think about it so, ma'am. Yeah. Have a very good think about it. And also think about me. Your mother, and the things I've done for you. And whatever conclusion you come up with, there'll be a result of that conclusion. For every action, there's a reaction, son. And by God, if you're not down here Sunday with a hundred quid in cash, <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Won't what we? does that mean? We'll see what happens, won't we? What do you mean? I said, we'll see what happens, won't we? Bye-bye. I, um, I apologise for the late upload, by the way, folks, but um, I wanted to finish up this podcast with a story as well. And it was when I was 15 or 16, the guards had to be called to the house because me and some friends in town had been throwing eggs at cars stupidly thinking that was good fun at the time and it wasn't obviously but we got in trouble with the guards they pulled in and uh, they arrested us anyways well not arrest us but they said you're in big trouble lads and the idea was that they're going to call up to the house which is a very bad thing to see in your local village when you see the guards driving around nowadays it's a bit, it's you kind of expected with the whole COVID-19 crack but um, you because um, there's more of a presence of them I suppose but in them times, if you've seen the guards calling someone neighbour's house, you'd be, you'd be looking at the neighbour going, what did they do wrong? And lo and behold, the guards came out to the house and me absolutely fucking mortified. My mother was mortified, really, because she didn't like the sight of that. You know, she likes to... She, she doesn't like to be seen with the guards around the house, I suppose, which is completely fair enough, you know. So I had to move school. I had to move to school Louie or something like that in Kelchima. And we also had to go in to see the superintendent in Swinford Garda Station we had to go in and talk to him me, my mother and my father which was just absolutely putting me in the bad books for a very very long time and we parked about a good mile away from the Garda Station just so no one would see us going in and we covered our faces going in there and my mother was angry at me now she doesn't normally get angry but when she gets angry 
she curses and she goes, you fucking, you fucking idiot, you, you fucking, I can't believe it, you fucking don't know why the fuck I didn't move into fucking town. There's always threats of moving into town or moving away. I'll fucking move out of this fucking house if you... And you know, you'd, she'd only be saying it in haste, but you wouldn't want to see her like that either. And um, I suppose I uh, I was causing trouble and I shouldn't have been really. And I was a bad influence on my brother as well. And I was terrible in school. That was my thing, you see. I wasn't good in school. So my idea was that if I cause trouble, it will get me through school at so- in some way. I was probably a right dose as a child. So the fact that my mother was such an angel to uh, always be sound to me. Something I'll never forget by. But it wasn't all one way traffic either. You know, there was a haircut my mother gave me, which I'd never forgive her about. I must find the picture. But when I did my communion, and for some reason my mother has communion pictures hanging up in the house, and it seems like of all collections of photos we've taken as a family, my communion has the most pictures, and it's the worst fucking haircut. Number one, I'm wearing a cardigan. So that was her first mistake. The runners I'm wearing are very cool. They're they're black Reebok runners with a little tick on the side. You know, the Reebok logo. Not a tick, sorry. But the Reebok logo on the corner. Got them in Kelchima and Finn's footwear. Great pair of shoes. Had them for about three or four years. But my haircut, it looked like Stevie Wonder cut it with a knife. It's just absolutely shocking. And to make matters worse, the photo, the, the one particular photo, I'm standing there with the priest and I'm holding my medal that I got from my communion. And it's in the middle of my brothers and sisters who have all got graduation photos. And there's little old me with not a fucking scroll to be, not a scroll to be seen. But um, I suppose we had to put something on the wall. Or people might be thinking, how come you don't have the picture of Vaughn up there? But anyways, I wanted to give a big shout out to me, mother, and all the mothers across the world. For the wonderful job you've been doing. And God bless the lottie. Good luck to you, folks. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. Really do appreciate it. Thanks so much to all the Patreons as well. Your support is pushing me on with this podcast all the time. I really do appreciate it. You don't realise how excited it makes me to make a podcast every Thursday. And, uh... Really do appreciate it. It's helping me get better at talking, I hope, and flesh out some of the thoughts that are inside my mind. And um, again, really do appreciate it. And thank you very much. Please, if you can share it around the place, that would be much appreciated. And um, as I said, big things are coming. I think I'm going to get on Twitch. I'm also going to do a visual of this podcast just so it's a bit more, a bit more crack, a bit more interactive. And um, in the meantime, if you ever want to talk, Send me a message to my DMs or owncolly at gmail.com. My door is always open. Take care of yourself, folks. Bye-bye.